0: I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. And, you know how I always make those interesting comments during the game.
1: Personally, I think we got hosed on that call.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: you make good comments. So
1: what about that? You believe in miracles?
2: Yes. Well, you know they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host. This is in the booth. Talk show host. That's good. <laughs>
1: i be good at that. I talk to people all the time with Matt Park. All right, here we go. What day is it? It's a Tuesday. Well,
2: the 25th of that goes September. right in
1: the line with the theme of just getting my phone back after I think something like 60 hours with it being nothing more than a paperweight, deader than a doornail. And, uh, I was just at the point of hives breaking out, and I think I'm starting to come back to life. Do you have to
2: get a new one, or was
1: it— I've not gotten a new one. What I just got, though, was the uh, complete rigmarole. I love Apple products. This is not a condemnation. I have two iMacs at home. I've got my Apple iPad here, probably, that you can see, or my laptop. I do have an iPad. Busted, but I use it occasionally. So I've got it all. I'm all in. But everybody's been down this road, and here, here's what happened to me. So my phone's been finicky the last little bit, the charging port, they call it. The, I can't make a great connection with the charger into the jack there, so it doesn't really charge fully. So if you've noticed here probably in the studio pretty much every day, I've got the charger going you know, because I know if I'm not, not going to use my phone for a little while. So Saturday's a long day, game day. I charged it a little bit during the game, but then I'm kind of on it and whatever leave the game. By the time I get home, it's at like 1 or 2% at night. Well, I must not have gotten the perfect, you know, connection in the charging port when I went to sleep. So I wake up on Sunday morning with my 1 or 2% is gone and gone to the point where I can't make it, I can't revive it at all. Like when you put the jack in, no response.
2: And not, not getting the little red battery. Nothing. Like, not nothing. the
1: not the blinking one, not the solid one, nothing. It doesn't know me. So Sunday and Monday, I've got so much stuff going on. I can get by. I mean, I don't like being cut off like that, but on Sunday in particular, yeah, it made me anxious and everything, but I put my head down. I work. I think, all right, so I can take the phone back to where I bought it, but they might tell me they can't do anything about it. I guess maybe I can go to the Apple store at the mall. That's a little bit more of a hassle. I can get by one day. So that kind of punting on Sunday. Yesterday, just had too much stuff going on. I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to suck it up. I got kind of like iMessenger on one of these things. I was able to have a little bit of contact, not much. Apologies, by the way, blanket apologies to anybody I haven't responded to. I'm usually very good at that, but I'm a regular, frequent texter and emailer. And uh, I just saw, I got 11 voicemails now, which is actually, I think it's only like five have come in in the last couple of days, but sorry everybody i'll get back to you um so anyway get all kind of anxiety about that so here's the today's the day i'm gonna get it fixed right so you first thing you do for an apple thing i'm gonna make an appointment at the genius bar they call it at the mall
2: never been there well
1: (laughs) trust me we know that and they know that you haven't been invited for sure so uh I go to see that um, when you go to sign up for it, they ask you what's wrong. You click through a bunch of menu items. And then it eventually says, here is a large, big box, nationally recognized electronic store in your neighborhood that puts the weekly flyer out, if you know what I mean, with the the two words would start with the same letter. So I said, well, that's right down the street. I'll do that instead of the mall. I'll make an, I'm will make going to make an appointment for 1040 today. So I go in. I stand there in the big store with the blue and the yellow box. And I say, um, hey, you got an appointment? Yep, yep. So you go up to – and it's so out of central casting. Like these are stereotypes, but so – they're accurate. Okay? I'm not judging one way or the other. They're just accurate. So here's the guy, and he's got his white shirt and his tie and – he pretty quickly diagnoses, hey, he says, it's not really your battery. It's this charging port. I can't really do anything for you, but I can tell that that's the issue. Um, you're going to have to go to the mall. I said, well, they wouldn't let me make an appointment until tomorrow. Trust me, just walk in. That's how they you know, that's how they get you. Just walk in. They won't turn you away. <sighs> all right, so now i got to go to the mall. So I go all the way to the mall, driving like dukes of hazard, get in there, sprint to the Apple store in the mall the person with the three piercings in their face at the front first, right? You never go there and there's somebody (laughs) that doesn't have 16 piercings. And okay. That's, that's like their brand. It's like a uniform. She says, well, um, let me text you when you, when we can take you, it'll be within 15. My phone doesn't work at all. I'm not going to get a text. Okay. We'll go sit up here in the corner. So like, that's their little waiting room. (laughs) I sit down literally for 13 seconds i i have my laptop there i'm thinking well this will keep me busy while they can't see me pop it open and i'll get a little bit of work done at least while, while i'm waiting here 13 seconds they go oh okay uh miss caitlin up here caitlin couldn't have been nicer or more accommodating she's right there ready to see me without an appointment she says oh you know what it looks like it could be as simple as you just need this thing cleaned out a little bit i'm gonna think she comes back yeah this thing works great um Except that blah, 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 some reading isn't exactly what you want. Basically, they're trained to eventually say, look, can't do anything for you. You're in for 300 bucks for a new phone, which is exactly, not only do I not really want to hear that, if that's really what it needs to happen, okay, let's just do the transaction. The downtime is what's really getting to me, not the expense and and what have you. And I don't know what my situation is. IMG pays for my phone, which I'm going to have to then go through there. Hey, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's a recent, fairly recent development. But am I going to have to go through their uh, IT? And you know, she's talking about well, it'd be five days before we can well, come on. So I'm thinking, she says, if you go to where you bought it, you know, maybe they can do something different. They can find out if you're on warranty. They might, you know, you might be uh, do a new phone anyway because it's been three years that you had this one. So now I'm thinking I'm going to go all the way back to my neighborhood, to the store where I originally bought it, which is in keeping with the uh, cellular service provider. Mm-hmm. And on the way back for the second time, I passed the dude standing there with his arms folded in front of cell phone repair kiosk at the mall. <laughs> right? So it's a guy you don't really ever pay attention to. You're thinking, uh, I always
2: walk by and wonder who uses that please.
1: Correct. Right? And I'm thinking the same thing going, Now, also, you pass cell phone repair place. You also pass a separate kiosk that's just for, like, crack cases Mm -hmm. and crack screens. We've all done that. So I say to this guy, hey, you're just standing there. I'll bet you see this on a regular basis. What can you do do for me? Ah! 20 minutes, 40 bucks, I got you covered. Really? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, in an instant, without really considering it i say all right dude yeah what, what do i have to lose i'm thinking yeah. the things of, of paperweight anyway right because if i end up going back to whatever other store they're gonna say you're in for three hundred dollars for a new phone plus the new phones by the way are a grand or whatever i'm thinking well may- maybe i risk losing all my data and stuff but i'm probably risking that anyway so i go down to todd blumen's favorite restaurant shove my face full catch up on a few emails off my laptop go back up to my dude upstairs hey my friend your charging port was fine he says but your battery was a little messed up i've changed batteries five minutes five minutes later i walk out and phone's about as good as new
2: is it charging too when you plug in
1: i haven't well yeah i mean i plugged in my car works like a dream like any other (laughs) time i have to you know line up you know just perfectly i'm at six he when I got it back, I was at 89%. I'm now at 63%. I've been basically using my phone pretty regularly for the last uh, couple of hours. And uh, and now it works. So so the two, Lesson learned. But I am going to get a new phone soon. I think it's probably a safer play.
2: The two name brand places misdiagnosed it? Well, it might have been a misdiagnose at the first place who doesn't really
1: sell it and isn't in the business of, the, you know, the Apple business— uh-huh. The Apple thing, I think we all know. As I say, they're fantastic products. I have all of them. I don't. I'm not into the phone or the watch or whatever, but I've got all the rest. Great products. They work awesome until the day they decide not to work, and then you're totally done for. Right? Then you got to buy a new one. So, I think for right now, I'm in a good place. I will be in the market to get a new phone soon. And uh, deep breaths blood pressure level coming back to normal and um, just since the show started I've gotten uh, five texts.
2: I don't think I can uh, do it.
1: It's really hard. Now once in a while when you do have the phone you think you know wouldn't it be nice to Mm -hmm. unplug and yeah it's great when you do that by choice and you know you're doing it and even when I do that I still swing by my phone like every hour so hey did I get any uh, important messages which is an unhealthy habit but
2: we're hooked. This is like it's like a drug. Yeah, but this also isn't the season for you to be correct. To be in this that's what I'm not
1: choosing. You know, when I in the summer and I go play golf, I'll, I'll leave my phone in the locker and my golf bag for five hours and play golf and enjoy it. And then when you're done, you, of course, there's nothing that pressing either. I might get nothing or, or one or two things. This time of year, we got stuff happening. We just did the interview in Clemson. You know, they want to know what's going on. They want to know. The way it was phrased is tell. Tell the Clemson fans who they have to worry about. And I found myself talking about this 4-0 team. They're like, well, aside from Eric Dungey, who do we worry about?
2: I said, well, I don't Why are the fans worried about it? <laughs> well, first of all, he didn't phrase it. In the end,
1: his email <laughs> setting it up is tell us who we need to worry about. He didn't phrase it partly that way because I was thinking um, if he asked it that way, I'm going to say, if I'm Clemson, I don't worry about anybody. Yeah. Okay. The only way Clemson's losing, I mean, Clemson's going to have better talent versus everybody they play until the college football playoff. And then on that day, if they run into Alabama or Georgia or whatever, they're going to have to figure something out. But I wouldn't worry about anything other than complacency if I'm Clemson. Uh, you know, For Syracuse, I think what you have, so I just kind of rattled off the, the skill position players, the perimeter players, and I think what you've got in that group Jamal Custis, Devin Butler, Sean Riley, any of the other younger guys, then the running backs, Neil Strickland, Howard, none of them are, you know, top of the scouting report, got to be afraid of this guy, you know, from a, a opposition standpoint, but they're all capable for clicking or getting something going on any given day, and so... You know, Syracuse have any chance to win this game, they need multiples of those guys going and nothing that sets them back, not the penalties and uh, drop balls and that type of thing.
2: It's funny that you might be in a situation where the only place Syracuse is better on the field is at quarterback. What's that? Yeah. Syracuse yes. may only be better at quarterback. That's than... a good
1: one to be better at.
2: Yeah, so. You know what today is, Matt?
1: It's one-hit wonder day, I heard. Yes. It's right up your alley. It's the first time Polly's done anything for the show all year and he's excited. <laughs> I'm ready
2: for this. I almost want let's to. Let's move do along
1: a... with just one. We got Cam Lynch ready to come up. But let's get. Yeah, it's the classic when you think one hit wonders. I'm ready to have. Let it rip. Play it up. Turn it up. Can we get to the words, or
2: I. I'm not that good.
1: I know you're not. Not further. Go to a play. Come on, Eileen. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll have uh, Cam Lynch coming up. And then uh, your calls or whatever else, we'll get more into uh, the one-hit wonders. You Cam uh, Lynch has a his... favorite one too? He might. We'll find out. We'll be back after this in the booth on ESPN Radio. Catch the Drivers Village High School football game of the week presented by Pathfinder
3: Bank Fridays and Saturdays all season long. ESPN ninety seven point seven and one hundred point one.
1: One hit wonder day. Rock me Amadeus. That's Falco, right, Paul? Yes. I had that back on my uh, on my Walkman. I think what the, year is it? Like 1985? Five? Uh, five, I was going to say six. Yeah,
2: they, uh, yeah 85. The B-side to this was Vienna Calling, by the way, which shows you how big of a You are
1: a dork. <laughs> Cam Lynch, is. I, I don't know what your musical interests are there. Uh, Cam, are you familiar? You probably didn't know that it was One Hit Wonder Day, but there's a lot of them out there that we'll be celebrating on the show today. Hello, Cam.
3: Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I didn't, I didn't know it was One Hit Wonder Day. Now I know.
1: Are there any that come to mind for you?
3: Any
1: one hit one. You want to play another one there, Polly? Uh, hey, Mickey, you so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey, the Macarena. Macarena's one. Chumbo Wumba. You remember that T- tub thumping? Was the name of song. Some- these are all really. They're bad. It's, it's like a. It's a shame to embar- you know. It's embarrassing to admit like these songs were like hot, super hot for a minute. Uh, Mambo number no. five by who Lou Bega. Yeah, who let the dogs out? Because they weren't like just good; they were like scalding hot hits, right? For a time, and then you never heard of these people again. But they all had somewhere to—they all retired I think we lost to a beach. Cam. I don't know. Cam. Cam probably tuned us out. He's probably had enough. You there, Cam? Maybe not. Cam is um, moving today. He said he's moving into a condo. So we appreciate any time he's able to give us. Hopefully, we can get him back. He probably thought he called the wrong show. <laughs>
2: He got but, Casey Kasem. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Tommy, um, call him back.
1: But they, uh, the Bucks had their first loss of the season last night to your Stillers, probably, uh down in Tampa. must have rained during the day. It was a wet track. I didn't get to see the game until uh, at least the second quarter, probably there, later than that. It was a savage. Cam, you, mu- yeah, you must have felt like you uh, called he, the wrong show. But we're back. We'll, we'll talk sports now, I promise. He
2: He isn't quite ready yet.
1: So. Okay. He did just text the, the uh, service far- Yeah, every so sports far- talk far- show in America Is going to talk Here's about this play down 50. Racing down the 40, foot race to the 30 Sideline 20, far sideline 10 They'll chase him into the end zone Touchdown, Pittsburgh Steelers He started at the beginning
3: Five yard touchdown Catch and run by the tight end Vince McDonald He back that up? Chris Conte was in the middle of the field I'm not sure if he was in man coverage Or just back coming over
1: So Kevin Harlan, who is the best and most descriptive football play-by-play announcer going. Let me, let me just play the first part of it. Sure. Did he even make any reference to it? No. <laughs> it so a Alright, breaks the tackle. Alright, right, so let it go. So in other words, we didn't really need that call. Didn't do us any good, you know, about this play. Let's see what Kurt Warner said. <laughs> he was in man coverage or just
3: coming over late and then it was one-on-one and Vance McDonald with the big stiff arm just took him by the helmet and threw Chris Conte down.
1: There you go. So Kurt Warner uh, picks him up. Kevin Harlan didn't make any allusion to it or reference to uh, the stiff arm, but apparently, and I wanted to get Cam's thoughts on it, even though it's uh, at the expense of a teammate. This sounds like it's hit right at the core of you know football guys. So Golic and Wingo this morning in the ESPN they made a big deal of it. Go you know oh took his will. I think it's all a bunch of nonsense myself, but I I never was in a locker room so I think it's kind of overblown but we'll get uh Cam's thoughts on it if he can get back with us. Are you there, Cam? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm here. Is my server going through?
1: Yeah, we got you good enough. Uh l- nice. let's just let's just start there quickly. I I don't want to make a ton of it but uh you're in the locker room with the guys uh you know that hit on the the stiff arm for Vance McDonald against Chris Conti is getting a lot of play here. It's a you know 75-yard touchdown and and uh he was pretty proud of himself and his teammates were uh, when one of your teammates is a guy that, that takes a shot like that, how do you react?
3: Yeah, that's that's tough, man. Um like uh like Marshawn Lynn says, man, you get you sometimes you get people sometimes you get got. So <laughs> you know, you hope to get other people more than you get got. So uh, you know, that was just a tough situation, um and it's a learning situation really. So when we look back at the tape, Chris, you know, probably look at attacking that man different or any other, you know. Um, big athlete like that, again, different. Maybe go low next time or figure out how to, um, you know, get the guy down and uh, stop a touchdown. Yeah,
1: 250-plus pound uh, tight end racing down the sideline. And uh, first loss of the season uh, for the Bucks, who were off to a good start. And, you know, it's easy. You look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, he throws for 400 yards and also sort of didn't look like himself. I thought that the one pass that wound up being the pick six was one of the first I got to the game late so it was one of the first plays I saw and uh you know you're gesturing that he got hit Polly it looked like he I got gonna his say, arm hit I was going to say cuz maybe he did because it was completely uncharacteristic you look at it you're like where are you throwing the football
3: yeah i, I don't know what it looked like he hit a hand in his face or okay. uh, he might have got hit I'm, I'm not too sure i have to go back and and look at the tape but it it, it seemed like a you know a tough play like you said uncharacteristic so um, you know, he, he bounced back second half though, man. He was going he was playing lights out uh, second half. It was just a little bit too late. Uh, you know, we ended up plus. Well, they ended, up, they ended up plus two in the turnover margin. So that, uh, you know, we had a turnover ourselves on on defense for for the Bucks, but they ended up plus two in that. We can't win that way.
1: No, it, it was a home game, but uh, kind of a sloppy game uh, in the rain and the mud on the natural uh, turf surface there at uh, Raymond James Stadium, and the Bucks fall to two and one well now's that moment that we have talked about all along cam with your team and coach Dirk cutter afterwards you know kind of tap dance around it it appears evident i mean that fitzpatrick's got to stay in there for a little while Jameis winston is now off his suspension and at least eligible to return give us the schedule ahead here uh quickly cam because i think that has a little bit to to say about what what his options are you got a bye week coming up right
3: Right, we got a bye. week coming up in about two weeks. Uh, we got the Bears this week coming up.
1: So that you know, the Bears are making a lot of noise, obviously with uh, Khalil Mack, et cetera. And uh, I'm I'm not going to put you on the spot, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth or, or or make you say it. If I were in that position, I'm thinking you got to keep uh, the quarterback that's been throwing for 400 yards for now. And if you do see a change coming, it's easier maybe to do that uh, when it's not a short week and you've got the bye and and there's some opportunities. Obviously, uh, Jameis Winston has a lot to do. Uh, with the franchise success for the Bucks, The idea, Cam, all across the league now is we're a quarter of the way into the season, and this is when a lot of the rookies are getting on the field at the quarterback position. From your perspective, how different is getting on the field as a rookie elsewhere on the field, at linebacker, at DB, at... Uh, you know, maybe it's a little tougher at offensive line. And how big a deal is it when a quarter, a freshman or freshman, I'm sorry, a rookie quarterback takes over? Because obviously, they're going to take their lumps a little bit at the start.
3: It's uh it's it, it depends, right? You had a lot of guys. You had uh, you know Dak Prescott. You had uh, you know different guys come out come out in the first year, so. Uh, and the second year you know, they have some type of you know either drop off or they keep going. Well, Patrick Mahomes, you know, seeing him play, it's his second year coming out, man, and uh, it's just it's just crazy to see him develop. Uh, and it, it's it's weird because the the pace of the game changes, but I feel like those athletes that played at a high level in college, that that transition is easier for you, you know, because it's like oh I just left off here. I just came from. You know, uh, a big game in college, a big bowl game. So let me just roll on to the NFL, where the speeds are, be sim- i won't say similar, but are closer to than what you do in the regular season. So uh, it, it's a lot, but I see we've, we've seen a lot of success for the first-year quarterbacks. So um, that drop-off becomes in the second, uh, comes around the second year, uh, but not for like I said, not for Patrick Mahomes. So it's interesting. I think it's the system that you're in and how you navigate that system uh, depends on how well you do.
1: Cam Lynch is our guest in his regular uh, Tuesday spot. We appreciate that on a quick uh, turnaround after a Monday night game. You mentioned Mahomes. Now, he mostly sat last year. I, I don't know if he – I think he played a little bit. Uh, didn't completely redshirt for the season. I think it has to count for something. He's the son of a 15-year major league pitcher. He, he's in and around the highest level of pro sports, and from an acclamation standpoint, that had to count.
3: Oh yeah, most definitely. It's a, and it's a mental game as well. It's he prepared uh, at a young age while his dad was playing um, at a high level. And how he managed, <laughs> He's a little of the tricks in the gym, <laughs> and he carried, he carried it to his professional career at trade off. So um, that you know, that's another great help how to prepare, how to how to diet, how to take care of your body. Um, those those lessons already passed down, and he's and he, it is showing here. And, you know, so he kind of he, he kind of came up that before he got into the
1: league, and that turn. Well, Cam, we appreciate uh, the time. We're going to uh, turn you loose here. I know you got other things going on with your move, and uh, and uh, we appreciate the little bit of time you can give us there on a short turnaround. Get your thoughts next week on uh, this uh, Syracuse team four and headed to Clemson, which is cool, and. Uh, and a lot of season left after this weekend.
3: Yeah, most definitely, man. Thank
1: you. You bet, buddy. We'll see you. That's uh, Cam Lynch of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They fell to two and one last night with uh, a loss at home to the Steelers. He said the Bears coming up. What do you got now? One hit wonder day. So Polly's playing DJ. That's this one I don't know as well.
2: Eddie Murphy.
1: Is it really? I'm sure I've heard it. This one would not have uh, rolled off my tongue when we were listening to One Hit Wonders.
2: Eddie Murphy, My Girl Likes to Party All the Time, from 1985.
1: Okay. I feel like the... uh, Well, let me phrase it this way, and you correct me if I'm wrong. Are the One Hit Wonders disproportionate to a certain era? It feels like 80s, there was a certain formula where they... The ones you think of are... You know, come on, Eileen, and then that yeah. next group, the like Macarena. Like the seventies
2: had a lot too, like uh, Rupert Holmes and I
1: don't know that one. The, the Pina Colada g- song. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Like, uh, I, there's a bunch. I can play some from the seventies. See if you know. I don't know. The night Chicago died. I no. Paper-laced. I think I'd Billy rather rather ones hero. that I've
1: actually heard. No, these are not. Yeah, those not are seventies so. No, let's let's go. Eighties and more recent. Okay. Alright, one hit wonder day. Call in with your favorites. You can talk to Polly. I'll I'll sit it out. I'll get back into my phone, and return voicemail. This is in the booth brought to you by Marriott Syracuse Downtown on ESPN Radio.
3: This is In the Booth with Matt Park.
2: You ready for me? before we go into I don't care, you ready for one more? Always try ready, Polly. Here.
1: I didn't think you'd actually play the proper bump coming out of the break, so.
2: I'm covering myself right now. <laughs> I know,
1: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, dude, I, I've been around long, long enough to know the shell game you play when you screw up. You're just trying to distract us. Again, I wouldn't have thought of this in the song I've heard, but. Timex
2: Social Club.
1: Yeah, you gotta do better than that.
2: Come on, man! I've got nothing. You weren't even born in 1986, were you? No.
1: Macarena, I remember being, I mean, that was exceptionally, I mean, that song was on the radio every three minutes. Oh,
2: that had to be 96. Yeah, close to it.
1: No, I can tell you for sure it was 96. And the reason I know that is um, it was a big baseball game between innings thing. The first game I can recall, I'm not sure if it was actually the first one, but the first game I can recall sort of working by myself, I think it probably was, First game working by myself, all nine innings, it was Auburn at Watertown in the summer of 1996 when Watertown had a team in the New York Penn League. And Macarena was super hot then because I can remember people doing it in the stands and
2: we don't playing have a commercial the break. System.
1: There's not one station here that would play the Macarena.
2: I don't think there's a station in the country that's in the Magarena right now.
1: I think what would be more interesting, Paulie, why don't you do your own thing and find two hit wonders? Like somebody who, you know, earlier said, right. So somebody threw out, oh, Hanson's won it. And you said, no. Well, they had, see, that's the real skill. Anybody can be hot for one, but to be hot enough to have two decent hits, but then completely dreck outside of that, nothing that anybody's ever heard of.
2: Well, see, most of the second hits are terrible. Right, so like because that's gets, after they've made it yeah. big, for one, right? Yes, they like like uh, men without hats who did safety dance, also did "Pop Goes the World," which became a hit, but mm-hmm. it was garbage. Now it's in Tide Pod commercials. So
1: yeah, so it's not actually a good song. It's just it was lifted by the fact that they. What about Millie Vanilli? Millie
2: Vanilli had two. Yeah, girl, you know it's true. Blame it on the rain. Blame it on the rain. Uh, they may have had one more. <laughs> embarrassingly enough,
1: before the rug was pulled out from underneath them.
2: I'm completely lost right now. You know,
1: come on, you should know. I mean, Millie Vanilli, you should know who that is. I have no idea. Well, I mean, you should at least <laughs> know the cultural realm. I can't I've think of another example. But you should know the relevance of somebody who was...
2: Girl, I'm going to miss you.
1: They basically found
2: to. to be a complete fraud.
1: Although, you know, I don't know that much about the music industry now. But there's probably... Isn't that a pretty commonplace now in the era of the contrivance of American Idol and and uh, the voice and what, or... Bands and things that are fabricated, right? Yes. Is it like One Direction is a just a complete fabrication of?
2: But Simon Milli Cowell? Vanilli was two guys that can't sing, right? Lip hiding behind. Is that not happening now? Ever? Or? I, I would assume no, because because
1: okay, it, it was so embarrassing for them.
2: Blame it on the rain. Vanilla
1: Ice was that it Did they have a second? He have a second
2: hit? You let her uh, yes. Uh, now let me think about All that. Right, let's Why do the, Tommy's thing.
1: Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care anymore.
0: Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer will be the first female duo to call NFL games. They'll be calling eleven Thursday night games for Amazon.
1: Yeah. Um, Let me. I'm just going to be brief on this because it's going to sound. Self serving. Doing good play by play of a major television production is actually a lot harder than it looks. Hannah Storm has had a very long, both of these uh, women have had long, distinguished careers. I, I really enjoy Hannah Storm on the uh, Weekend Sports Center. She does a good job. She's been around a long time. Her husband, Dan Hicks, is exceptionally underrated um, as a play by play announcer. Andrea Kramer is a tough reporter very skilled, this will be a tough watch, in my opinion. I, I think, you know, unless there's somebody, they, I don't think it'll be a tradition, and they're probably not setting out to be a traditional broadcast, and nor should they, because there's, there already is Joe Buck and Troy Aikman if you want to watch somebody uh, go down the middle and, and go by the book. This, I would imagine they will present as a conversation about football while the game happens to be going on. Um, because I think you're putting two people in the booth who've never been there before, and it's hard for you know Jason Witten, people like the, it's hard, it's hard to do it uh, right off the bat. The rare exception of the Tony Romos of the world and some others that that seem to be uh, pretty good at it right away, and and even Romo, you know, goes about it in a, a little bit of a different way than than most. Um, I would be surprised if this. Well, I, I take it back. It will be well received by a certain audience that is not looking, you know, not looking for this to be uh, a mainstream uh, broadcast. So, wish him well. Won't be watching.
0: A, a food service worker at Comerica Park in Detroit was charged after a video came out of him spitting into a pizza that he yeah, was making. So
1: gross. The video is online. Yeah. It's disgusting. I don't want don't want to see it. Brutal. He should be. Yeah, obviously I'm sure he was fired, charged. It's just disgusting. I'm sure this stuff happens. I don't want to know about it. What, I don't can't imagine what would possibly motivate somebody to do that.
0: He said he was having a bad day.
1: Yeah, yeah. we all have bad days, dude. Wh- whoever wound up with that pizza uh, didn't do anything to deserve. It's just ridiculous. It's completely unconscionable. Move along.
2: Vanilla Ice, play that funky music, White Boy. Hit number four on the Billboard charts.
1: Is that a re- I mean a remake or a? I that mean, he didn't make that song No. ladies I want to rock with
3: you and later in the night you know i like to pursue something real sexy and nice
1: Yeah come on stop Now you're gonna get me in a bad day mood I got my phone back I don't need to be spitting at anything.
0: And the last one Hawk Harrelson, who's been the the, the longtime broadcaster of the Chicago White Sox. Has retired. He just had his final game in Chicago. The the team came out of the dugout after the game, waved to him, gave him his, his uh, celebration, I guess you could say, or to send to, off. his send-off uh, into the sunset, I guess.
1: You know, iconic personality in baseball and in broadcasting. Loves the game. Loves what he does. Great relationship with the fan base. Iconic member of the White Sox organization. Not my cup of tea as a broadcaster. He's a raving lunatic homer. I, I do love a couple of his calls. I love, you can put it on the board, yes. And then when somebody struck out, he gone. I love that stuff. Got a couple of sticky things that are cool, but the the cheerleading part of it, the come on ball, get up, you know, which he and Bob Uecker and some other guys do is, is not my taste, but he'll be replaced by a guy who very much is my taste, and that's Jason Benetti. In my opinion, and again, my opinion is only mine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be yours. Uh, White Sox fans can make up their own mind but in terms of technical ability and what they bring to the table and storytelling and wisdom and all of that White Sox whose broadcasts are among the worst you know collectively television and radio are going to see such an improvement going from Hawk Harrelson to uh, Jason Benetti he, he will knock it out of the park you know as a local kid exceptionally talented very very bright He'll do a great job, and it's just a 180 from how Hawk Carrollson approaches this job.
2: We'll wrap this segment going to 1992, Matt Park. Okay, is that in your wheelhouse? Unfortunately, yes. I was at Spring Break in 1992 and uh, saw this man perform live.
1: Uh, former. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: No idea what he's saying Yeah. <laughs> this, speaking of Scorching
1: This song is Scorching hat yeah. Another one that was radio play Every every other song
2: Ready to take another break All
1: these songs, a lot of that list When you look at the One Hit Wonders Their One common theme is a catchy hook You know, just a couple of seconds Something that you remember yeah. It, maybe, it might not be much more than the title of the song. I mean, I, can anybody send any other words than who let the dogs out? No. And the whole song is just repeating that, right? Woof, 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 who let the dogs out?
2: That's my biggest problem with the police. Every one of their songs. Rock, sing, yeah. They just, Roxanne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roxanne. Yeah. Just over and over.
1: Yeah. At least they had a few longer, you know, you, yeah. whatever the lines were, there was more it. than just three words, you know. They did have a ton of hits. They could go and go. We'll be back after this to wrap this track of a show in the booth ESPN
0: Radio.
1: It's one hit wonder day. That's the Rembrandts. What's the name of that song? We all know it is I'll the theme song for, for Friends. I'll be there for you. That's a great song. Great show. One of the all time great television show theme songs. I think we got into that on Brent Ax's show the last couple of years. You know, they're all kind of taking a back seat behind Cheers, is probably the greatest all time television show theme song. No. there's others
2: no, Fresh no. Prince of Bel
1: Air, Cheers, Jefferson's.
2: Another one hit wonder for you that's better. Welcome back, Connor, yeah, dope. It's a way better song. This is no. I bet you, you, know, you want
1: songs that put you in a good mood? when I it's like you feel you good. put
2: you in a great mood.
1: This is stupid. You're stupid. Um,
2: you're just not old enough. You don't get no, it. No, that's you. the thing. I mean you don't you, get you're it. not
1: you are older than me, which I think blows people away. You're not that much older than me, but you're older enough that it's just offset a little bit. Like your references, like you're way into the Jeffersons. Yeah. Right? And I appreciate the Jeffersons, but it's just a little bit ahead of my time. In the same way that people that are just a little bit younger than me might not be as into, say, Seinfeld or, or something like that as I am, they're just a little offset. And um, that's among the, the reasons that you and I are not meshing in that particular category. But uh, good stuff, though, the, the, the one-hit wonders on the day. Uh, What did I say during the break we were going to talk about? I, the, I had a one-hit one. Hit. I don't know what my one-hit was, but it, we're still looking I'm for it. I'm
2: trying to see which was a bigger hit.
1: Oh, the, with, up between those two yeah. songs? Well, here's the thing. Like, I want to know where are the – Like, I know that's your thing, the where are they now stuff. The Rembrandts, whoever the head Rembrandt is, is probably famous somewhere and has a nice house and hit it big. I mean, if you – that song made it on television. Think how many times that's that's replayed and reruns, and he gets a little check every time the Friends go into syndication. There's, you know, Friends is on all the time, round the clock. Is there a football game this weekend?
2: Uh, TV songs that ruled the radio. Yeah, they're uh, SWAT. Welcome back, Cotter. Both in 1986, made the uh, yeah. the top ten. The heights. Do you remember? Yeah, that? I don't know. Oh, what these are. believe it or not, from the greatest American hero. Also. Okay, that's a good one. Miami Vice. That one
1: people rattle off when they talk theme songs.
2: These are uh, Miami Vice's. Uh, yeah, good one. Theme song made it. How do you talk to an angel? Was from the Heights, which was a huge hit in 1992. The Rembrandts.
1: You're rocking out 92 today. Uh, How about back to football? Uh, first time. <laughs> first time. 4 0 since 91. Is that like a tie-in or anything? <laughs> Were there any one-hit wonders in, in 1991? What you hope is that your team's not a one-hit wonder, right? And that uh, this I'd Florida State right game now. isn't the, the one-hit. If the Clemson, you know, that's a number one with a bullet. I heard uh, Daniel, you know, saying, hey, if they win, they're going to be number 14 in the polls. It's probably not wrong about that. Uh, but obviously, it's a uh, significant challenge. You certainly. A strong performance in this game uh, puts the orange on everybody's radar to an even larger degree than they already are, and a chance to uh, back that up in the succeeding weeks with uh, Pitt, North Carolina, and, uh, and NC State. So uh, lots of good stuff there to come. Tomorrow on the show, Adam Terry will join us, and there's a uh, regular Wednesday spot talking ball. You got uh, Mickey there. We'll close out with a little Mickey action. And then. Uh, is that a remix? No, that's okay. no, okay, okay. Just, just <laughs> check. Who would remix this? It's too good to be a good. Polishing
2: one. a turn. <laughs> right.
1: Then Thursday we'll uh, get into the game a little bit uh, further. Friday a travel day for both of us. Saturday a noon kickoff at Clemson. Back tomorrow, everybody. Thanks for listening on ESPN Radio. Hey,